Hey folks, this is Anatoly, and you're listening to the Solana Podcast. And today I have Alpha Ray with me, who is um, the co-founder and the force behind Radium. So awesome to have you here. Hey, Anatoly. Really excited to be here. Cool. Can you can you like tell me how you got into crypto what, and what like how you got started even building this? Yeah. So back in 2017, December, actually, at when Bitcoin was near its all-time peak, my buddies called me up and they were like, look, crypto is going crazy. You got to get in on this. At the time, I was working at a prop trading shop, working on arbitrage strategies. And I looked at basically Bitcoin at that time, and there was a crazy spread between Korea and the States. The spread was something like 30%. So over the course of a weekend for my first Bitcoin trade, I went to Korea. I bought a Bitcoin on a U.S. market, and then I sold it to my Korean buddy who gave me a bunch of cash for it. We spent some of the cash on the weekend and then flew it all the way back and traded it back into the bank and that trip really just got me hooked i did that trip a couple more times afterwards and i got kind of tiring so basically i looked around on the exchanges and i found that there were really large spreads between different future contracts and also between spots uh spot bitcoin so got into trading just doing a lot of arbitrage on crypto for the next couple of years and last summer got into DeFi. At that point, Compound was really heating up and my buddies called me up once again. They were like, look at this Compound thing. It's really cool. Basically, it is like a giant bank. You can put USDT, USDC, your stable coins into it and you can borrow them out as well. You get interest on coins that you put in. You also get interest or you pay interest on the coins you take out and you also get some tokens in between. So I got really hooked on that for a bit, just doing a bunch of interest arbitrage. And then Yearn and Sushi, all these things started popping up one after another. All these AMMs just came out on the market. And it was really exciting getting around all these projects and looking at what they were doing, what their offerings were and just doing a bunch of yield farming arbitrage across these projects. Then around September last year, gas prices started going really crazy. To swap a token and then farm it and harvest it, it would cost easily over 100 bucks, And that really bugged me because what DeFi was all about to me was that everybody gets access to financial tools, right? Things that only large corporations, banks get access to were now available to regular people. And I really liked that idea. So when the gas fees got expensive, we started looking for ways to get around the gas fees. We were always trading on FTX. So we called up the FTX dudes and we're like, look, we want to work on something for the better of the community. And they were like, look, we're launching on Solana right now. We have this project called Serum. We're doing it all on Solana. The gas fees are super cheap there. Transactions are crazy fast. And it is a really great place to be. So we took the look at it and it was as they promised. It, things were fast, things were cheap, and we really liked it. So yeah, that's how we got started. That's awesome. How did you guys approach like the 
the even the idea for radium. What it what I really like about it is that it kind of borrows the best of AMMs, where you have this simple interface for liquidity providing and earning yields, but it's using Serum and order books and all this really cool tech. Yeah. So when we started, we were talking to FTX when we started. We looked at Serum and we saw the order book and we we're like, yes, this is exactly what we need for an AMM, right? We need a trading interface for users that gives them more control than just swapping. The swaps were some of the most painful experiences of your life. When you try and get in on a trade really quickly and the price just moves out of your slippage, you wait 15 minutes and the transaction failed. The order book is really useful in those regards because you can see what exactly what orders are out there and you can set the price a little higher. You could just be a little quicker to grab onto those orders. So yeah, this order book was really exciting for us. And that's why we basically put everything on the order book. Do you, do you think that this is the future of DeFi? Like when I looked at Uniswap, I used to trade small amounts on like interactive brokers trying to like build my cheesy algorithms. And I always felt like I was always late to the party. First, <laughs> like if I saw the opportunity, somebody already got it ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like it, that to me seems like what it's like being an LP in a, in a Uniswap is that you don't get to change your price. So you're always kind of just taking the worst price in the yeah. market. <laughs> Do you think like the, the only way to, to really build DeFi is by kind of effectively building the, this this style of, of trading where you constantly update your positions? Well, it's not the only way, right? But it is definitely on the path towards it. Because this is one of the things that DeFi was really lacking, the order book. The order book is central to any exchange. It's been shown to the best method of finding a fair price for something in the past few hundred years. So it's definitely a step in the right direction, but there's a lot more to DeFi than just this, right? And basically there's a lot more to build than this, and we're also working on them. Right now, this is just the first step for us. An AMM is also just a, another piece of the puzzle. Is the, like the key part to me seems this like passive yield farming piece as like what people really like about AMMs. I think like, you know, like, do you think in like a couple of years, we're going to see this as a feature for, you know, stocks for like regular, you know, trading? Um, I think, yeah, it definitely has its merits to it, right? Because for an AMM, the user takes on some impermanent loss risk and they what they gain in terms of it is that they get... Uh, transaction fee rebates, and they also get to earn spreads on slippage. But this hasn't proven to be super successful in terms of the risk-reward ratio for what users are expecting in crypto. And having a bit of yield to really boost the amount of liquidity that a platform can provide uh, really does help that. Basically, users are looking for, they're looking for some sort of return for the risk they take on. And having additional yield gives this basically balances out the equation. And these users in turn provide a lot of liquidity for these projects and for different exchanges so that other users can trade against them. So it really helps balance out the whole system 
in terms of reward and risk for everybody. When DeFi summer kind of boomed, I think there was this question of, do these governance tokens have any value? Um, do you think that that's kind of past that like, that they're important? <laughs> like a, this is like one of the, one of those things that like you saw a lot of people take advantage of uh, and launch a bunch of edgy tokens that have all gone, but Compound and Aave are still here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think governance tokens do serve a very real purpose, right? It is similar to having a becoming a citizen of a country and having a right to vote there, right? This is an ecosystem that you're a part of and that you want to succeed, succeed in. This is an ecosystem that's also helped you in many ways. It's very much like getting citizenship to a country where it does cost some time, effort, money, whatever, but you do also get returns from it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think the coolest thing to me about DeFi Summer was this really kind of really rapid formation of these, like, I don't know if you want to call them social networks or like digital cities, but it was a bunch of random strangers that could come together around a token. And all of a sudden, because they had this token, they could direct capital, right? They can go co do collective capitalism, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really nuts. Yeah, no, this is not, I mean, forms of this exist right like there's corporations and all sorts of other things but all of them wall street bets yeah yeah like communities like that exist um <laughs> but yeah. but like not as rapid and as anonymous and as like well directed um yeah it is crazy basically there's communities building around these projects and just finding connecting enough with them to start working with them for no, uh, well, no payments, first of all, but also just because of their love for the project, right? It is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, can you tell me like what you guys are doing with um, like fusion pools, like some of those features? Yeah. So fusion pools is something that we recently launched. There are pools where it is a token and ray or actually it doesn't have to be a token array. It's just where there's a partner token and the rewards come out in the partner token token. And so for some pools, Ray rewards will also be given for yield farming. One of the things about this is that some users don't just want to collect a lot of Ray. They might have a lot of Ray already, or they also support other projects, right? And this really gives projects the chance to reach out to their user base and reward them for supporting them, right? Giving, providing liquidity for them. And we saw really good results from this with Kin. They had a large user base that was itching to get into DeFi. When we launched these pools, it was really obvious that all of them were really excited about it. Their Twitter started blowing up, their community started blowing up, and they started even evading our communities, getting being just like, Kin, Kin is going to do really well. And this is really great for them. And we also saw this from their volume and price action in the next few days. Their volume went up about eightfold for the next week or so, and their price doubled over the course of that weekend and has held pretty strong since then. That's awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, like that. that's really cool. <laughs>
you guys have a bunch of features that I think people don't quite understand because they're used to, you know, they may not understand how like the technical nuance behind it. How does the actual AMM work if it's sharing liquidity with the central limit order book? So what we do is we take all the tokens that users put into the LP pools and we place them onto the order book as limit orders. Uh, these limit orders are generally market-making orders. So like they're orders that would sit on the order book to provide liquidity for other users to take. The orders are spaced out with a pretty decent bid-ask spread, uh, generally much better than other market makers provide on Serum. And basically, they're calculated according to the K equals XY equation. So the original constant curve product, and it provides the same liquidity as Uniswap or SushiSwap would for the same trading prices. Got it. Do you guys have any plans to build different kind of curves? Yeah, for sure. Different curves are super important. This curve is, we chose this one first because it's a really elegant solution to a difficult problem. It provides limitless liquidity for any point, any price point, basically. You'll always, what it means is that you can always have liquidity at any price. And that really makes things really simple in terms of what you can trade anything with it. But because you have the flexibility of trading anything with it, you give up a lot as well. Basically, you don't have as much liquidity near the center of the book as you would like. And this really hurts trading things like uh, USDT, USDC, basically things that are very stable according to that trade very stably uh, based on each other. I guess highly correlated. Like, it, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's very hard to trade stable assets or assets that are super high with super high correlation. Uh, some of these assets might be USDT, USDC, or synthetic BTC with a wrapped BDC or other kinds of BDC, right? So there's definitely a need for different types of AMM models. We're also exploring how to build things, well, one for these stable assets and another for just being able to control IL better and be able to make more profits when the markets are more volatile or moving in a single direction. So kind of tightening the, the spread and then loosening up, which is to me, like what an, an AMM does at like NASDAQ, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. That's cool. That's really cool. You guys were not one of the hackathon projects. Um, as you guys kind of watched the community grow, what were your thoughts on, on like the, the things that people were building? It's really impressive. When we started building, there were non-flower projects on Solana yet. And then the hackathon came and there were hundreds of submissions. And people had ideas for building everything. It's really exciting because we've reached out to a lot of these projects too about possible collaborations and to see if we could just help out around the ecosystem, right? Because we really do believe in this ecosystem as well. And yeah, we really want to help out the projects succeed within Solana. I guess what were like the, since you guys were building earlier, 
what, what, what were some of the good experiences and some of the bad ones? Like what, what are what are still the warts? And I don't know if you guys, have they been fixed yet or do we still have work to do? Um, there were so many ups and downs during all this. At the beginning, when it was, we were building, it was just us and Serum there. So there was really nothing to reference on GitHub. And you can't just go out, import a package and start using things. Yeah, Stack Exchange wasn't super helpful for some of the environment problems either. And Solana updating, like pushing three updates a week sometimes would really kill us. Having some validators on different versions when you guys are updating so quickly. But it was also really cool because some of the issues that we ran into yesterday were solved the day after. And those were really happy moments too. Yeah, those those were... <laughs> <laughs> those were hard times i mean yeah. we were yeah <laughs> there was so much stuff being built at the same time because the no one's ran a central limit order book before as a smart contract so we were being pushed to the limit as well it was a lot of fun yeah working with the ftx team is something else huh yeah yeah my <laughs> my experience with them has been that um sam has this magical way of shortening engineering timelines <laughs> it's just <laughs> just, just yeah. talking just for his words he somehow can force them to shrink <laughs> yeah it is pretty impressive we're prepared to launch in late march actually and then in early february uh sam called us up and he's like look guys we need to launch right now and Serum's about to take off and Solana's doing really well. And there's a great future ahead of us if we can get this thing running really quickly. So we called up all our engineers and we said, look, no more vacation for the rest of the month. You got to get this going. We set up the couch on the, in the office and we took two hours just on the couch. And we'd have engineers waking each other up. Be like, look, it's my turn. <laughs> you got to get off my couch now. <laughs> wow. it, was, it was hellish, but it was a lot of fun too. And we shipped out the product on really quickly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was really impressive. I think at the end of the day, that's what matters. Um it's like, do you have the drive to go get this over the line? Yeah. And I, <laughs> and to me, that's always been like the hardest thing in the space is to find those people. You know, it's like, you know, if you're building a community of investors, that's like kind of at the DeFi level, that's a hard problem to find those folks that have vision about like long-term what this, what your project should be. But on the, dev side in the ecosystem it's really tough to find the builders that are like okay i need to sleep in the office on the couch for the next two weeks because <laughs> the opportunities yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah founders are their their own worst bosses <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> um i was like kind of one of the surprising things to me coming out of the hackathon was this project called cope that i've kind of never heard of um but seemed to be like again really cool way to build a community um how did you guys find collaborating with them and can you like tell me about the co pools and stuff oh man the co co people and the co pools are amazing they 
did a totally fair launch with airdrops to their community. They built a huge community up overnight, basically. And they their community actually built them a market on Serum, which uh, we built a pool around and started launching. I think they have like one of the greatest communities in the world right now. They are all over this thing and they're going wild for COPE. So we just launched COPE a few hours ago, actually. Uh, we launched them at 9 p.m. We turned on pools and we turned on farming for them in the fusion pools. And they had massive volume and their community was just all over this. In the first two hours of trading, they traded $500,000 on Serum, on just COPE USDC alone. And for reference, uh, BTC on Serum traded about, I think, $4 million today. So these guys are going wild over COPE and they're just <laughs> bringing the price all over the place. And they're also really getting into the pools. The pool has about $4 million in liquidity in it already, and it's still going up. <laughs> yeah, this stuff is pretty wild. I mean, I'm amazed how quickly they were able to build this thing too. Yeah. What do you guys, I guess, what what's in store in the future if, if there's things you want to talk about? Uh, so one of the projects that we're launching right now is a Radium Launchpad. Basically, we want to help teams do community funding and IDOs on Serum and Radium. Basically, well, one of the issues we identified at the beginning was that there is a lack of projects on Solana. It's being helped a lot by the hackathon. But one of the reasons why there might be a lack of projects is because there's not a very good way to fundraise on Solana at that time, right? We want to show projects that if they can build here, we have a great fundraising platform with a really good community that will really get behind their projects. And that will help them with their launch and help them be able to build a great project in the future. So our Ray Launchpad is a big thing for us that we're planning to launch this month. And aside from that, we've also got the Sushi Collaboration going. So Sushi Collaboration is a big one for us too. We've gone through a few levels of proposals already, and they've all been overwhelmingly positive. So the Sushi Collaboration basically is that on the Sushi Swap page, we would have a another tab called Sushi Swap by Radium. Uh, it's codenamed Bonsai right now. And what it would be is that these pools would all be Radium pools and users can deposit their tokens into these pools the same way as Radium or Sushi and get their LP tokens then farm with them. And then the farming rewards would be like our fusion pools where users would get Sushi and Radium as rewards for these pools. That's super cool. Man, I, I this... This is awesome. I, I love that you guys are innovating. Um, what I my dream for like building this platform was like to not copy Ethereum, <laughs> was to actually do something totally different and then see what happens. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I have strong belief that central limit order books and that like horizontal scaling are like the path to giving all this tech to a billion people. And I love that you guys are like trying to do something different too. And this collaboration with Sushi is like symbiotic, uh, which is really, really cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. We really like your ideas and building on Solana. Well, the thing, the power you have when you can have a fast chain to work on, 
really makes all the difference in the world about like what you can do on it, right? It's been really cool building here too. Awesome. Do you think that like the DeFi ecosystem is ready kind of for like real for the for consumer retail adoption? Or are we still like two kind of like building for each other still? Um for retail adoption, yes, I think it is. But what really drives retail adoption is education, right? We've built out a lot of the services that retail users really do need. All of our products or what we're building is very retail oriented. But it is also really hard teaching retail users why they need it or how they can use it and what benefits they gain from using it. So I think that's really the hard part of it. I mean, to me, like, I think the challenges are, there's so many. <laughs> Cryptography is hard, it, the wallets are hard, and the idea of governance is also kind of really unique to crypto. Yeah. <laughs> has some parallels to, you know, proxy to stock voting, but nobody actually does any other. Yeah, that's true. The participation and governance in, in crypto is, you know, 100x bigger than what you see in stocks, right? Like... <laughs> Just kind of crazy. Yeah. Crypto people, they are really about having a voice and doing what they want, right? When we threw up our sushi proposal, there were, uh, I think, hundreds of replies on the original forum post. Everyone had their opinion. Everyone talked about their, like, what points that they were trying to get across and what they were feeling about this. Crypto people really like to get involved and it's, it's really fun. Being able to have chats with them, seeing what everyone's thinking, and being part of a larger community. What kind of like governance features would you want to see from from like the rest of the ecosystem? There's a bunch of folks kind of looking at this, uh, and I'm curious what would make what would make it easier for your community um, across the Solana ecosystem. I think I saw a sneak peek of something like a snapshot system today. Right? It looked like it was very similar and it looked a lot prettier actually. So having one of these systems is super useful. And then it just comes down to creating a good governance system where people do get a voice and where people, where people's opinions really do matter, right? Yeah, do, do you guys coordinate um, most, I mean, I guess what, what kind of like groups do you guys use? Um, is it Discord or forums or both? Right now, we're mostly on Discord. Our team is super, it's not very large right now. It's super busy. So we're still trying to get all the governance features up and running. Uh, right now, we're mostly going according to our plan for the near future. But we're also trying to organize. We do have a governance uh, chat in Discord, actually. And we're trying to get it a little bit more organized so that everyone can their ideas out and we can see which people have the best ideas too right yeah what what kind of things do you guys usually vote on or or like look for community support so we haven't had anything voted on yet but we are looking for ideas on what to do with revenue uh, not revenue but basically fees that we earn um, some users are saying that it should go into staking which is what we're currently doing. Another set of users are saying that maybe we should put it into a buy and add liquidity model, 
where we buy a portion of our tokens back and we add it into one of our liquidity pools to like add further liquidity to our tokens. Others are about the buy and burn. And there's been some really good discussion on that recently. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's like a thriving community that's like arguing about the right things. Yeah. Yeah. What what's all what's amazing is that this stuff can change, right? Like you may want to do one thing today and then six months from now do another thing. It's all just coordinated on online and decentralized platforms. It's pretty wild. Do you know if you're is your community like regional? Is it or is it people from all over the world? Our community is from all over the world actually. We have a, I think our largest, one of our largest communities is Vietnam. Uh, we have Japan up there, even though we have no Japanese moderators or people on our team who can speak Japanese. I think Japan ranks number two on our site visits. Vietnam is really high. Korea is super high. Turkey's super high. And then we've been seeing some traffic from even Africa recently. Cool. Yeah, that, that's pretty great. I'd love to see like when I look at like our validator list, I'd love to see more nodes in Africa and, and South America. Like it it feels like cryptos definitely has strong communities in, in um you know Europe, North America, and Asia. But it feels like we're just starting to make inroads in, in the other parts of the world. Yeah, it's super satisfying when you open up that analytics map and you just see little pings coming out of every continent. Yeah. And you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I, I mean, you know, like the nodes are, are one thing. I think true decentralization is like really the people again, right? Like the people hold the private keys, right? Like get, getting them. As, as far and wide spread out across the world is, is like the key part. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there any anything that you want to kind of share for folks to look out for when this podcast gets um, shared? Uh, one of the projects we're really looking forward to right now is uh, Step Finance, which should be launching around that time. They are building an analytics page for the Solana ecosystem for Serum and also for Radium. Our site has been a little bit weak on analytics so far, but we hope to change that by working together with Step Finance and by also adding some more API and open sourcing a lot more things for users to start building their own projects around so that they can help us further develop our analytics. That's really cool. Data is one of those things that's really hard to get uh, and like, um, this is what I'm jealous of of Ethereum is like EtherScan and like doing an analytics and all those integrations are, I think are quite nice. Um, so I'm excited, you know, to see folks kind of build this out in the, in the ecosystem. Yeah. Data is super cool. It's really hard to work with, even harder to make it look nice and to convey your points or find the main points in it. But it is really cool to look at and users everybody wants to see more data about what's happening right yeah for sure when i when i started building solana like i i was really frustrated with my experience trading on like interactive brokers because <laughs> all the data is really expensive and it's like you always feel like you're getting it way after everyone else has like extracted all the value out of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it, it just see it just seems like that world is ex- incredibly unfair to small people trying to just kind of like have fun 
you know, like it, it's not fun when you know that the the sharks have a, this advantage that you cannot like overcome, you know, with brains, right? The, it makes it not fun to play the game. Yeah, it really ruins it for everybody. We also were part of that. And then we've also done some trading in crypto. And crypto really changes that. We're in traditional finance. It You need the capital to really start up. Getting these feeds cost millions of dollars a year. Getting all the feeds, connections, co-locations, stuff like that. It is a huge capital investment. And yeah, it's really out of reach for everybody. But if you trade on crypto, you just need a cloud server from Amazon for like 15 bucks a month. And if you trade on the blockchain, it's even cheaper, right? You just write a smart contract and you can get it to run itself or a little bit of gas fees here and there would cost you like a dollar a month. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's my dream. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, you guys are making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really, really cool to have you on the show. Uh, and it's been awesome to watch your team like execute like crazy and, and you know, turn coffee into code. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys drink coffee, but like, well, yeah. So much of it. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, so I, I wish you guys like continue having this amazing success and like keep building. Thank you so much for for joining me. Thanks for having me. And it's been a lot of fun working with you guys too. You guys do the exact same thing, I think. (laughs) We were in the early days, we were watching that code just fly by us, updates every day, every hour. It was really amazing. Thank you so much. Mm